This free program is paid for by the listener members of KPFK. If you're not already a member, consider joining with us and keep free speech alive. You're going to love this. Just love it. No, it never is. But I'm never scared. There's no stairs here at KPFK. Yep. Yes, I am stuck in the middle with you once again. Live and broadcasting from uh, Los Angeles, 90.7 FM, Los Angeles. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on kpfk.org and the radio or not.com network. Glad you can be with us here this afternoon. I am, of course, Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. I am your friendly citizen investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, uh, once again, occupying our public airwaves with you for the next hour. Glad you could, uh, glad you could join us. And uh, glad my thanks to uh, the great Peter B. Collins for sitting in for me last week, live uh, from up there in San Francisco, from where he broadcasts. Uh, if you haven't done yourself the favor of checking out his website and his hundreds and hundreds of interviews with extraordinary people at PeterBCollins.com. Do yourself a favor. Get on over there. Uh, put it on your to-do list. <clears throat> Check out his uh, his podcasts. Great interviews. He's a, a great guy, a great friend, and my great thanks to him for filling in for me last week so I could head up to a uh, law conference, a legal conference in Las Vegas, which maybe we'll tell you about at some point in the future. But we got a lot of news today, uh, a, a very special guest coming up here momentarily. Uh, very quickly, however, some breaking news this afternoon, some good news. Before we get to the bad news, let's start with the good news. Connecticut <clears throat> has decided to join the civilized world, <laughs> the, the, the civilized nations of the world, Connecticut has now joined as Connecticut's governor has signed a new law abolishing the state's death penalty, but only for future crimes. Okay, well, I guess we'll take what we can get. A spokesman says Democratic Governor Danielle P. Malloy signed the bill Wednesday afternoon at a private ceremony with lawmakers, clergy, and family members of victims. Malloy issued a statement calling it an historic moment as Connecticut joins 16 other states that have abolished capital punishment. He said it was a moment for sober reflection, not celebration. I'll call it a moment of celebration. I think it's about damn time. The law replaced the death penal- uh, the, the, the law replaced the death penalty with a maximum sentence of life in prison without the possibility of release. It does not, however, affect the sentences of the 11 inmates already on Connecticut's death row. 
I guess they're uh, uh, just out of luck because they committed their crimes before this new law. That's crazy. Someone needs to fight for them. Someone needs to fight against the biggest of big government tyranny, which is government murdering its own citizens. <sighs> Former prosecutor uh, Governor Malloy said his position on the death penalty has evolved over the years well Glad to hear it, and uh, we also have breaking news this afternoon that a measure on California's <clears throat> a ballot for November to abolish the death penalty here in California so that we might join the civilized nations of the world, uh, that will happen this November. Um, the idea that we are voting on rights, the most basic human rights to be alive, is somewhat appalling to me, I must say. <clears throat> but nonetheless, uh, we may see an end to the death penalty here in California. We've seen it now in Connecticut and 16 other states. So that's that's the good news. All right, on to the uh, less than good news. Uh, last night, well, I don't know. This is okay news. Depends uh, <laughs> depends what you think about this. Last night, Mitt Romney reportedly won the primaries that nobody paid much attention to on Unsuper Tuesday in New York, Rhode Island, <clears throat> Connecticut, Delaware, and Pennsylvania, which we will be talking about in a moment because we've got some news out of there. We'll be talking uh, about that in a moment with my guests, Joyce Block and Det Anson. I will tell you who they are momentarily. Uh, but as far as the horse race goes, and as far as people who follow uh, this show, follow the Bradcast, and follow me at bradblog.com go, you know I don't much care about the horse race. I am far more interested in the track conditions. Everyone else can look out for the horses. Uh, the, uh, the candidates all have more than enough supporters. The voters don't. So I support the voters, and uh, if you follow these elections the way we do at bradblog.com, you know that the track conditions, uh, who can vote, who can't vote, how much, uh, uh, how transparent those votes are, if they're cast on paper ballots, if they're cast on 100% unverifiable touchscreen systems, as they happen to be in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> but I'll get back to Pennsylvania in a moment. Uh, the fight for voters to cast their legal vote, legally registered voters to cast their vote, continues to be under fire around the country in the wake of the 2010 wave election that uh, gave control of legislatures and executive branches to Republicans. And, of course, the first thing that many of them did was remove the right to vote for uh, hundreds and thousands of legal voters who just don't happen to have photo ID, who don't happen to have a driver's license for any number of reasons. And, of course, many of them happen to be elderly, minorities, students. In other words, people who tend to vote Democratic. That is, of course, no accident. It has nothing to do with voter fraud. As, as a matter of fact, the proponents of these laws are unable to cite even a single instance of in-person impersonation at the polling place, the only type of voter fraud that could possibly be stopped by polling place photo ID restrictions. No, in fact, as uh, Paul Weyrich, the founder of, uh, do we, and do we have this uh, Paul Weyrich uh, queued up? Paul Weyrich, the founder of the uh, American Legislative Exchange Council, the group that has been pushing these photo ID restrictions uh, all across the country for the last uh, several years. Paul Weyrich, 
the founder of that organization back in, uh, he founded it back in 1973. In 1980, he had this to say to some uh, 15,000 Baptist ministers at a convention in Dallas about the right to vote. Now, many of our Christians have what I call the goo-goo syndrome, good government. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. Our leverage in the elections go up as the voting populace goes down. He does not want everyone to vote. Republicans do not want everyone to vote. And that is the idea behind these photo ID restrictions, and they are affecting uh, legal voters all over the country. We're going to have one of them here in a moment. 91-year-old Joyce Block from Doylestown, Pennsylvania, is going to be joining us. But let me give you an idea, just so you understand, these aren't isolated cases. These are happening uh, in state after state, where these laws are now being implemented. Up in Wisconsin, for example... We've talked to you about 87-year-old Ruth L. Frank, an elected town official in Brokaw, Wisconsin, who would have to come up with more than $200 to receive her so-called free ID to vote under the GOP's new law up there. Ruth L. Frank was born at home. She never had a birth certificate. She never had a driver's license. And while she could pay $20 to have a birth certificate made... Her name is misspelled in the state registry, so it'll cost Miss Frank, who happens to be disabled, by the way, more than $200 to change the typos in the state registry and then get her birth certificate so that she can then get her free ID. All for more than just $200. What a bargain before she is possibly able to vote in Wisconsin. She's not alone. 77-year-old Betty Jones uh, for whom it would be strictly impossible to vote at all is another example. Under uh, Wisconsin's law, she has a driver's license, but it's from Ohio, where she just uh, moved from recently with her daughter. And officials in the Buckeye State can't find the birth certificate that she would need to get her so-called free ID to vote in Wisconsin in the Badger State. Thankfully, the Wisconsin law has now been found unconstitutional according to the state constitution, by two separate, uh, two separate judges in two separate cases. We see these cases all over the country. I'll give you just one more before we go to our guests. 96-year-old Dorothy Cooper, she was denied her free ID down in the state of Tennessee because though she had a birth certificate, she got married at some point during her 96 years, and so her name was changed and now she can't find her marriage certificate to prove that she is the same woman identified on the birth certificate. She's an African-American woman. She was able to vote without a problem during every single election throughout the Jim Crow era in the South. But she will no longer be able to vote in the volunteer state under the Republicans' new photo ID restriction law. This is happening in state after state. This is what will be affecting the November election more than any amount of nonsense and garbage you hear on all the cable stations combined between now and November. This is what matters, the right to vote, no matter who you wish to vote for. We're also seeing uh, laws like this in South Carolina, in Texas, in Kansas, in Indiana. 
likely soon in Virginia. And now we come to Pennsylvania, where Republicans have taken over the state house and the executive mansion in 2010, and just weeks ago passed a polling place photo ID restriction that will most certainly disenfranchise legal voters this year, including, by the way, thousands of students at some of the state's largest universities who won't be able to use their student ID to vote because it doesn't include an expiration date. The, uh, this uh, new uh, Republican voter suppression bill was signed into law by Republican Governor Tom Corbett in March, uh, and he later charged without evidence that it was needed because there was 112% turnout in some precincts. Turns out, of course, the governor was lying, or he has no evidence to back it up. Uh, because it's, uh, I, I spoke to some folks out there in Pennsylvania. I talked to uh, Marybeth Kuznick, the founder of Vote PA. She calls the claim ludicrous and that she knows of no certified results that ever said there was 112% uh, turnout in, uh, in Pennsylvania. The fact is, uh, in-person voter fraud is incredibly rare, and yet people are being uh, disenfranchised by this new law. In 2008, Barack Obama won 55% of Pennsylvania's popular vote, and with it, he won all 21 of uh, the Keystone State's electoral votes. In 2012, there'll be just 20 electoral votes there, by the way, since uh, since the census and re, uh, reapportionment. But the state is desperately needed in the Democratic column if they hope to retain the White House this year. Like Ruth L. Frank and Betty Jones and Dorothy Cooper and so many and so many other states, stories of legally registered voters who may now lose their right to vote in Pennsylvania are beginning to emerge. We have one of those potentially disenfranchised, vo disenfranchised voters joining us now here on the broadcast. With us as our guest today, 91-year-old Joyce Block from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Uh, she joins us, and we'll also have some breaking news on her remarkable story as well. But first, I want to get to that story, as we're also joined by her grand... I think we're joined. Is uh, is Det on the line as well? Okay, we're also joined by her grandson-in-law, Det Anson, who happens to serve as the Doylestown Borough Council President. He told the story of this outrage last week at a Bucks County, Pennsylvania Board of Commissioners meeting. Let's uh, actually, let's start with debt and get the uh, the background uh, quickly on, on this story, and then we'll go to Joyce. Uh, I welcome both of you to KPFK. Good afternoon, Brad. All right, great to have Joyce, are you with us as well there? Yes, I am. All right, there she is. Okay, Det, uh, give us the, the background. Explain to us what it was uh, that you told the folks at the uh, Bucks County Commission last week. Well, when we heard this voter ID law go through and heard the requirements, we knew that Joyce was going to have challenges because she didn't have, have a photo ID. She did not have a Pennsylvania driver's license. So we went, and, and the family mem members, we dug through everything and found what we thought were all the necessary pieces of information. We found her birth certificate. Even though she was born at home, we managed to locate that. We saw her Social Security card, her marriage certificate, utility bills, the deed to her house, everything you would need to prove residency, who she was. We spoke with our, our local state senator's office. They said, yes, you have all the information you need. So we took that information. We lo loaded Joyce up in the car, made the half-hour trip to the uh, local DMV. And when we got there, we presented this information. We present, presented all the material. And the person behind the counter looked at the marriage certificate and noted that it was in Hebrew. And because it was in Hebrew, they would not accept it. And with that, oh, Joyce's birth certificate, her Social Security card were in her maiden name, mm -hmm. 
all of her proof of residency were in her married name, and she could not prove that she was Joyce Block. They said, well, you have your maiden name. <laughs> the suggestion by the person at the uh, Pendout office there was to have Joyce change all of her residency information, all of her utility bills, back to her maiden name so she could get a photo ID. Oh, my God. So they wanted they wanted her to change the deed of her house. How much would that cost uh, that to make all of those changes? That would be cost, yes. Uh, for this so-called free ID. Now, uh, let me let me turn to, to Joyce here. Joyce, uh, you're 91 years old, you, which means you've been, you, I hope you don't mind, uh, you were born when? What year were you born? Well, no, I'm in uh, 90. Actually. 90. Okay. I, I didn't mean to add a year. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to blame the Philadelphia Inquirer for that. Uh, I wish I, I mean, I hope to be here a lot longer. Indeed. Uh, so what year were you born? And I ask this for a specific reason. 90, that would... 22. 1922. So you were born just two years after uh, women received the right to vote in this country as ratified in the 19th Amendment. And now you have been voting, is it true, uh, for 70 years? You haven't missed an election? Never missed an election. Who? Uh, do you recall who the first president of the United States was you voted for? Uh, yes. Uh that would be, I think that was uh, President Truman. Truman? Now, uh, so you have not missed a, a, a vote. In... I had to be 21. You had to be 21. Right. Okay, 21. Oh, oh, that's right. You had to be 21 to vote back then before it was raised uh, lowered to 18. Correct. Uh, and so you haven't missed a race. Uh, were you uh, shocked and surprised by this turn of events? Did you know this was coming? Had you been following this law as it was moving through the uh, uh, through the legislature in uh, in Pennsylvania? Yes, I'm a political junkie. Oh. I'm an activist at this age, and I was horrified. And when I discussed this at a commissioners' meeting, it wasn't just about me. I have a marvelous family. And I knew I had the support of them and the help of them. I was concerned about all the minorities that are going to be affected by this. And uh, there was no action taken. Joyce, you know, I, I wrote about your story at uh, at bradblog.com, and whenever I write about any of these stories, what I hear in, in the comments over there is, well, this is ridiculous. Everybody needs a photo ID. I don't buy it. You need a photo ID to get on a plane, to have a bank account, uh, to, to, to buy a cold medicine, to get a library card. Uh, but you apparently don't have a photo ID. How is it? Do you do you, now? I have a response to what those people say, but I'm wondering what, what your response is. Do you not fly? Do you not uh, uh, buy alcohol? Well, I do fly. I do have a passport, but my passport uh, uh, was of no use right now. Um, and. Uh, I, I don't think we need a well, I just don't believe in the law. I don't think we need an ID. I don't know why you need an ID. I've lived here all my life, mm -hmm. I've, uh, all these years. I mean, where are we that you walk down the street and somebody's going to ask me for my ID? Well, uh, they are now. Uh, this, oh, well, yes, of course. This is a version I of Papers, Please. Yeah. I hope the law is rescinded. 
And uh, have you ever had any other problems in your 70 years of being able to cast your vote? Anything like this during all never. of the years? You Never. Never. This is, uh, I, you know, I find this story to be remarkable. Uh, Det, uh, tell me what happened in 2010 uh, when, when you helped uh, your grandmother-in-law get to the vote back uh, in, in 2010. Well, she was in the hospital, and we, you know, she's never missed an election. And we had wanted to get her an absentee ballot because she wasn't able to get out of the hospital. But to get an emergency absentee ballot, you had to provide photo ID. So what we did is, you know, family got together and we managed to locate a wheelchair, and we actually wheeled her out of the hospital and got her to the polling place so she could vote in person and then returned her to the hospital. And that's how committed she's been. I mean, and vo- voting is important to my Joyce and, you know, with the family here. And I'm fortunate enough to be married to her granddaughter for mm-hmm. 18 years. And politics are, are part of my Joyce's life, but importantly, the civic participation is critical. When you told this story at the Bucks County uh, Commissioners meeting last Board of Commissioners meeting last week, what was the response? There were there other people who who were telling similar stories. Were you guys the only one? And what was the response uh, to it? I didn't realize that there was an African American woman in the audience when I got up and talked about other other minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it was accepted. I we asked for we what we did want was some sort of a, if they were going to do this, a task force to go into the inner city in Philly and show the people and talk to the people and tell them what was needed. I, so far, nothing has been done. Have you reluctance on a task force? Because, you know, effectively, Joyce not voting, by some views, is the law working. And when you, when you talk about voter suppression, mm-hmm. and, you know, in Pennsylvania we have the state-of-the-art in voter suppression, that, you know, there's not an interest in government to educate people on this requirement. So you're going to have in November all these folks coming to the polls who will not be able to vote or file provisional ballots, yet not have the paperwork to back that up. Have you been in touch with the ACLU or the League of Women Voters or, oh, frankly, yeah. the, the DOJ oh, yeah. for that matter? What, 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 what have they said to you, uh, Joyce? As a matter of fact, uh, the young man that is the head of the ACLU here came over, came to the house, and I talked to him about it. And, uh, of course, they want to sue the state, and so they need plaintiffs. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, somehow, rather, I, uh, by the way, I did get my ID, my voter ID today, and it's a temporary one. And I have to, and, and I don't know whether you're aware of this, but in the uh, Pennsylvania, I have to get another voter ID in three years because it will not be valid. In other words, I won't have a valid voter ID to vote in the four, in four years. So, the, so you were able to get and it's, yeah. it's go, and it's not free. In three years, when I get another voter ID, it is, it is going to cost. It isn't free to vote anymore. Why? Why? Today, today they issued a te- it's a temporary voter ID that was issued today, and so Joyce went up today to the DMV once again, made the trek up there. They issued this temporary ID, and they will then, within a couple of weeks, she'll receive a photo yeah. ID card that she has to go back up to the DMV because with this temporary ID, they still take all, took all of her information, and they're going to validate it. So she will be three trips here before having an ID. 
and she's lucky to have someone transport her there. Yeah. She's lucky to have the family. Well, that's, you know, and that's what I hear this all the time. Oh, well, why don't they just go? You can get these things for free at the DMV, and I have to explain, well, look, these are people who don't have driver's licenses in the first place. They don't drive. You said, uh, Debt, that you had to drive 30 minutes to the DMV. Now, I used to live out in that area right out by you, right outside Bucks County, uh, near Hellertown out there. I know how far apart the towns are spread. So uh, wh- where is the uh, uh, DMV? It's not. There's not one right in Doylestown. You have to drive to another uh, city? It's in, it's in Dublin, PA, on a, on a heavy traffic section uh-huh. of a road called 313. Right, I know three thirteen. So you, uh, you you have to drive thirty minutes to this place, and it's going to be three times before you'll get this so-called uh, free ID. Yes, and, yes. And, and, and you, I mean, yeah. we're not silly. We know why this is being done, and I wish there was a much big uh, outcry about it. I mean, um, our pundits don't mention it. Why is it? Well, tell me then. You have the uh, the opportunity to do so. You've got the public airwaves here, uh, Joyce. Why is this being done as you see it? Oh, to disenfranchise the people that usually vote Democratic. I mean, that's who they're targeting, and they don't. They don't. They're afraid of the Democratic vote. Uh, and is there a voter fraud epidemic in Pennsylvania that not you guys – Not at all. Not at all. And there's no voter fraud anyplace. Uh, uh, I mean, the amount of voter fraud – the only voter fraud was in uh, Florida in the 2008 election. Well, actually, even there, it wasn't voter fraud. It was election fraud. It was done by well, insiders. Fraud. Yeah. Well, right. and and there there is, by the way, because I've heard this a criticism, there is uh, some voter fraud. Uh, normally, however, it's via absentee ballot or it's a voter registration fraud. Uh, the proponents of these bills cannot cite to me, I've been asking for the longest time, cite to me a single historic incidence of somebody going in uh, impersonating someone else at the polling place and voting under their name. That is incredibly rare. And uh, and the folks who are passing these laws uh, know that damn well. Tom Corbett, the governor, came out and lied when he was asked about this bill. He said, uh, here's a, is a direct quote. He said, uh, when some of the precincts come in with 112% reporting precinct, let me try that again. When some of the precincts come in with 112% reporting, you have to scratch your head and say, how does that happen? Well, here's how it happens, Governor. You made it up because it didn't happen. And uh, folks like Joyce Block are uh, now going to be disenfranchised because of this law. Joyce, why, uh, or Debt, you can tell me, why did you guys suddenly receive a, a temporary ID after you had such a difficult time uh, getting one in the first place. What has changed between the, your initial attempt and now? Well, I think Joyce's story has gotten some visibility, mm-hmm. and that helped mobilize to action. But I mean, one of the things that Joyce benefits from, I mean, I'm an elected official myself. So I, I'm, I'm hitting up all these folks in, in elected office. My office happens to be adjacent to the state senator's office, and I made my presence known in there and trying to get this resolved. And, you know, we moved mountains to get Joyce this temporary ID. Mm-hmm. But who is helping move the mountains for others? And that's the part that concerns me is when you look at this law, I mean, Brad, your program and what you do, we all care about the integrity of the vote. We mm-hmm. care about how those ballots are cast, that they're cast legitimately. There's perhaps no greater audience that cares about that. And what I look at this law and that there's no accommodation for someone in Joyce's circumstance. There's no accommodation for that person with a student ID without an expiration date that – 
the law, by being in place, directly took Joyce's right to vote away. And for those folks who are affected, we know Joyce's story because she's got a wonderful, supportive family. But for those folks who don't have that support, who don't have that, what's their story going to be in November? Uh, yeah, who, who don't have uh, a nice grandson-in-law to drive them 30 minutes to the DMV three different times, uh, and, and who may, uh, frankly, not be well enough to get in a car and, and drive to the DMV. Um, they, they need to be able to vote. And folks who, you know, follow what I do at Bradblog know that for me, this is not a partisan issue. Yes, I go after the Republicans in this case because it is the Republicans who are passing these laws. But I will fight for anybody's right to vote. This is the most fundamental right that we have. Without it, none of the others matter. And we are seeing it under assault this year like we have never uh, seen it before. Uh, Joyce, uh, before I let you go, uh, you said you, you heard from the ACLU folks. Will you be uh, joining in a, uh, in a lawsuit as far as you know, be a plaintiff in one of those uh, lawsuits? I will do anything possible to help the ACLU. Well, thank you at uh, 90 years uh, of age, and I am sorry that I added one year to your age. I'm going to oh, fix no, that at the block. That gives me another year to go. There you go. 90 years young, Joyce Block from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> her, um, her son and her grandson-in-law, uh, Det Anson, the uh, uh, PA, Pencil, uh, Doylestown, Pennsylvania Borough Council President. Uh, you guys were very lucky. Uh, Joyce, you're very lucky that you had Det as a public official who was able to speak up and, and, uh, and help you in this fight. And I join you in worrying about all of the other folks uh, who don't have that advantage. That, that is important, and we fight for them, too. We do indeed. Joyce, thank you for, uh, thank for the you. fight, making noise, uh, and debt, thank you as well. I hope both of you will, uh, will stay in touch with me as this moves forward, and I'm going to do my best to uh, raise holy hell on your behalf this year. Thank you, Thanks Brad, for very fighting much. a good fight. Thanks, guys. Wow. What is wrong? And the evidence is clear. I'm not alone. There are thousands of us here. No, you won't. And we are going to continue fighting for your vote between now and November. My guess beyond that. You're listening to Brad Friedman on the Bradcast right here on KPFK. We're going to get to some of your calls in a moment. If you'd like to ring in on this topic or any other, you can reach us at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. Get in line right now. When we come back, Desi Doyen and some green news and then your calls and much more straight ahead. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Stay with us. KPFK presents An Evening with Van Jones, civil rights and environmental activist and former Obama White House Green Jobs Advisor. Van Jones will be signing copies of his new book, Rebuild the Dream, Thursday, April 26th at 6 p.m. at the Pasadena All Saints Church, 132 North Euclid Avenue in Pasadena. Proceeds benefit KPFK Radio 90.7 FM. More details at kpfk.org or contact the front desk at 818 985 2711. 
Hey, everybody. Wall Street's got its hustlers. K Street's got its lobbyists. Join Public Citizen and an all-star lineup of comedians as we stand up for Main Street. Ray Romano, Mark Marin, Wendy Liebman, Rick Overton, Dana Gould, Eric Rivera, and Morgan Murphy are going to make you laugh. Sunday, April 29th at the WGA Theater, 135 South Doheny in Beverly Hills. For tickets, go to citizen.org. You'll never have more fun doing what is right. It's not easy being green. It seems you blend in with so many other ordinary things. You know what that means, don't you, Des? Oh, yes. And yes, people tend to pass you over because you're not standing out like flashy sparkles in the water or stars in the sky. Desi, as far as I'm concerned, you are standing out like flashy sparkles in the water and stars in the sky. Oh, thank you so much. Welcome. We, we yes. do try to bring a little bit of sparkle. We do indeed. Welcome back to the Bradcast right here on KPFK. Glad you can uh, stay with us. And uh, we're going to get to some of your calls in just a few moments here. If you want to get in line, 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. These are your public airwaves. Use them before you lose them more than you already have. All right, so we will get to your calls. Uh, Yes, it is ominous. Pay attention. All of this is ominous. We're changing this to the ominous broadcast. Uh, Okay, well, uh, we're going to get to those calls um, on uh, that remarkable story of of Joyce Block uh, and so many others like her. That's going to be the story this year, Des. Just you watch. In the election coming up. And nobody's going to give a damn about it until it's too late. Well, you're giving a damn now. The more people hear about it, the more they know about it, the more that they can share this information with their friends and family across the country so that they can be more prepared to fight for their right to vote. All right. And speaking of fighting... Fighting for a right to, you know, breathe, live, drink water, have clean food, stuff like that, is this week's Green News Report. So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll run that right now, our latest Green News Report, and then we'll come back with Desi Doyen live and your calls. The grandchild of the shrimp that was exposed grows up with no eyes. Two years after the BP oil disaster in the Gulf, bizarre mutations in the Gulf ecosystem. The first criminal charges finally filed in the spill. BP's billion-dollar settlement on hold. Plus... It's going to be harder and harder to get coal, harder and harder to use it here, of course. Never mind Earth Day. Mitt Romney wants to burn more coal. Of course he does. All of that and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of green news, politics, analysis, and... Snarky comment. I'm not sure if you celebrated Earth Day, but I did by firing up the old Weber Summit with its 60,000 BTUs grilling burgers and then going for long drives in my gas-guzzling SUV. Ah, I understand Fox News' Eric Bolin. You must have been confused. No, no, it's Earth Day, not Jerk Day. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Des, welcome back from Earth Day. I trust you had a good one. Yes, it was awesome. Speaking of which, I understand that Barack Obama's Earth Day statement said nothing about climate change or global warming. Is that, that true? That is correct. Last year in 2011, it was a very strong statement in the presidential proclamation, but not this year. Very courageous of him. Uh, what else do you have for us today? Well, breaking news, the Department of Justice has filed the first criminal charges in connection with the BP oil disaster today. The worst oil spill in the 
the nation's history. Kurt Mix, formerly an engineer for BP, was charged on Tuesday with two counts of obstruction of justice. The DOJ alleges the engineer deleted texts that indicated, among other things, that BP knew the damaged Macondo well was gushing at three times the amount of BP's public estimates. If convicted, that engineer faces a maximum of up to 20 years in prison. And we are exactly two years later, I think, this week. Yes, indeed we are. the uh, worst oil spill in this nation's history. And we have exactly one criminal charge filed. Yep, that's it so far. Got to start somewhere. Two years later, the massive $8 billion settlement with BP for damages suffered by Gulf residents and businesses has been put on hold by a federal judge. Shrimp processors, not fishermen, but processors, say the current settlement does not treat them fairly. State, local, and federal government fines and penalties are not included in that $8 billion settlement and are still under negotiation. Meanwhile, also not getting anything from that billion-dollar settlement, the marine animals that actually live in the Gulf ecosystem. The ecological consequences are still unfolding. Scientists are reporting dolphin deaths now far exceed the annual average for the Gulf, and fishermen are reporting disturbing mutations impacting the entire food chain. Fish with open sores, crabs without claws, and entire hauls of shrimp that have no eyes at all, according to Scott Eustis, a spokesman for the Gulf Restoration Network. That shrimp's grandmother was exposed to oil uh, while the mother was developing, but it's the grandchild of the shrimp that was exposed grows up with no eyes. Mmm, yummy, huh? The <laughs> FDA says the fish is safe to eat, but so far has not acknowledged whether these reported mutations are related to the BP spill. And it's really ironic that the BP oil disaster began in earnest on Earth Day in 2010 when the Deepwater Horizon rig sank to the bottom of the ocean. And yet it is as if the worst oil spill in the nation's history never happened. The oil industry is still using the same 40-year-old spill technology. No new legislation has passed Congress, and both major political parties are calling for expanded offshore drilling. Expanding, not contracting. I guess Rush Limbaugh had it right back in December of 2000. 2011 when he said the BP oil spill it was a non-starter it was a non-story a non-starter a non-story. I guess if Rush says it enough, it's going to be true. And speaking of Earth Day, after congratulating themselves on their Earth Day programming, the corporate media has now shoved the environment back into its special coverage box and returned to their regularly scheduled programming. A new analysis from MediaMatters.org shows that despite ongoing climate news, broadcast coverage has dropped significantly since 2009. Coverage of the climate dropped 90% on the network's Sunday political shows alone, even though 2011 was the most expensive year in U.S. history for extreme weather disasters. And even though March had more than 15,000 heat-related records here in the U.S. Not according to most of the corporate media. GOP presidential candidate Mitt Romney completely avoided mentioning anything about Earth Day on Earth Day. But instead, as the Sierra Club put it, he celebrated Coal Day on Monday at a campaign appearance at one of the nation's largest coal companies, Consol Energy, which also happens to be one of Romney's biggest campaign donors. The president says he's for all of the above when it comes to energy. He's for all the sources of energy that come from above the ground. All right, wind and solar. He just doesn't like the things that come from below the ground. That's a funny line. It'd be funnier if it was true. Domestic oil and gas production is right now at an all-time high. Way to go, Mitt Romney.
for that story and all of the others we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. You can download us anytime via iTunes, listen to us on your mobile device via Stitcher Radio, and follow us 24-7 on Twitter at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Under the sea, under the sea, nobody beat us, fires, and eat us in Mmm, eyeless shrimp. Delicious! Delicious. You know, this is... This story, and I saw uh, Rachel Maddow talking about it last week, the fact that we are uh, two years past this BP event, the worst oil spill in the nation's history. We're back there drilling again. Almost nothing has been done uh, since then. No legislation has been passed legislation to has change been passed. any of the regulations or even the legal liability cap that was in place for oil spills. One guy has been uh, charged. And this is the problem in our country. This nation is broken, is broken. At least our government is broken. Well, you know, we have the same thing with the upper big branch mine coal disaster two years ago that happened just a few weeks before the explosion of the Deepwater That's Horizon. Right. No, none of the mine safety legislation has passed with, uh, with any strength to it. It was actually watered down quite a bit. Financial reform also watered down quite a bit. Mo- most of these issues that have come up, that there's been an opportunity to make some sort of legislative change. These have not happened. Gabby Giffords. Gabby Giffords was, uh, was shot. And again, no changes to our gun law. No, I mean, the obstruction level of Congress being unable to accomplish anything as a, is a double edged sword. It seems it's like. uh, yeah, it, it is absolutely remarkable. And, you know, because I was going to say nothing ever happens in this country until there's a terrible crisis. But the fact until is, somebody dies. First. Well, yeah, but we've had somebody. We had 11 That's people true. die out in the Gulf. We had That's how true. many? 20 something down in uh, in the big branch mine. 29. 29 die. You know, how many people died with Gabby Gifford? Even Six. that doesn't do it anymore. Even crises, even people dying doesn't make a, a damn bit of difference anymore. All right. Uh, 818-985-5735. If you want to get in on this or any other topic, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, Des, what do you have? Uh, what are we looking at tomorrow for uh, Green News Report coming really up? Really quick, what we're working on, uh, you know, they found a case of mad cow disease in a cow, a dairy cow here in California. So that oh, has everyone good. all a flutter. Of course, the USDA has come right out and said there's no issue for humans. It was not going to go into the food supply. We caught it in time. See, testing works. Uh, isn't that the California? Aren't we the ones who have the uh, good cheese comes from happy cows? Yes, we do. Well, now they're really happy. Okay, they're and the so other thing, uh, they're they crazy. Are. And yes. one other thing, uh, just to put on your radar, that yeah. Dow Chemical is trying to get the USDA to approve its new genetically modified corn strain that can withstand a particular kind of herbicide called 2,4-D, which is uh-huh. an uh, an ingredient in Agent Orange, uh-huh. supposedly not the top. Toxic ingredient in Agent Orange, but hey, who knows? So they're trying to get that approved. It is in the middle of a public comment period right now, which ends on Friday. Uh, that So the, DUS, the USDA is going to possibly approve this GMO corn that uses this particular kind of herbicide. It's an old school herbicide with lots of problems. It's only because most of the farm, uh, most of the commodity crops in the United States are now 
GMO Resist- crops, and they're su- and they're because and the weeds that there have been GMO crops that have been treated with Monsanto's Roundup herbicide. Now they've used it so much that so many weeds have become completely resistant, resistant to, to it. it. So we have all these super weeds. So they're having to introduce this new old herbicide, actually, in order to combat those resistant super weeds, so that they can then create yet another batch of wildly resistant super weeds now to this 2,4-D that'll last about 10 years, and then we'll be right back what? where we started from. Yes. Public comment period ends this Friday, what? USDA. So you go to the USDA, USDA yes, website. Yes, that's something that you wish to put have uh, put your opinion in If you're on. against Agent Orange on our crops. Or if you're for it. Or if you're for it. Well done. Thank you, Des. Thank you. Uh, and that new, uh, Green News report will be available, of course, at the... Uh, Greennews.bradblog.com and at the iTunes and on the Stitcher on Stitcher Radio and follow Des uh, on the Twitters at Green News Report. Thanks, Des. Thank you. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls here. I could tell you about the uh, election here in California that the online election that was just hacked by a university student. But I'll do the calls first. I'll save that for the uh, – um, I'll be guest hosting the Mike Malloy Show this Friday night if you want to uh, join me there. I'd love to have you there, and uh, I'm sure I'll be uh, talking about that out there. 818-985-5735. Okay, let's get to uh, Mark in Anaheim. Welcome to KPFK and the broadcast, Mark. Hey, Brad. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, I had time during the Green Report to calm down because I was like – Screaming when you had your interview with Joyce. Yeah, that's that's. By the way, that's that's why I put the Green News report there to help me calm down after those interviews. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, can we? You know, does she have any other planned interviews? Like, you know, obviously not on O'Reilly or Hannity shows, but. I mean, that, her story needs to be out there. Uh, you know what? I agree. Uh, and uh, Rachel Maddow has actually been pretty good about this. She's been one of the few people uh, I've been reporting on this kind of stuff for years, but she's been jumping in. Sharpton's been jumping in, but Maddow's been pretty good. Uh, you know, her. Uh, you can reach her on Twitter at Maddow, M-O-M-A-D-D-O-W. I know she reads her Twitter. Let her know that she should have Joyce Block on the air to get this story out. Um, and uh, I'll be happy to put her in touch with uh, with Joyce Block if if she'd like. But yeah, it's up to you guys. You guys got to make some noise if you want to get this out here. You know, let everyone know whether it's on Twitter, whether it's your your local newspaper. Uh, unfortunately, Joyce is not alone. This is happening uh, to uh, likely tens of thousands of Americans this year, unless something changes. Wow, it's just that's just crazy. Yep. All right, Mark. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. Keep up the good work, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to uh, Lynette in uh, L.A. Hey, Lynette, welcome to the broadcast. What's up? Hi, Brad. I'm a first-time caller to your show. Well Great done. Show. Thank you. you know, I appreciate and that. your guest, Ms. Bolton, she's really, oh, she's an inspiration. She reminds me of those great panthers. You know? <laughs> yes, indeed. And, uh, yes, she's a she, pistol block, mid-joyce block. Is yeah, yeah. You know, older people, they have so much to impart to us, you mm-hmm. know. But, um, you know, I wanted to bring up the fact that um, we're seeing a barrage of regressive laws, mm-hmm. courtesy of Alec and the Tea Party, mm-hmm. which is funded by the Koch brothers. Yep. Okay. 
and um, they got to stand your ground, and they want to get rid of the EPA. You right. think it's bad now. Mm-hmm. They want to get rid of the EPA. I know I said it twice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I can give the website, uh, it's called it's, uh, Alex Expose One Word. Dot org, right. or is it Alec Exposed at one word? Yeah, it's alecexposed.org. That's a website of the uh, Center for uh, Media and Democracy, and they actually uh-huh. have all of the bills up there that Alec does not want you to see that they have yeah, been pushing. Yeah, they want to get rid yeah. of the EPA, of all things. And then, mm-hmm. another thing, this disenfranchisement that we are seeing with the voter laws, mm-hmm. that's, what's been, that's what we're fighting against because of them. And I think we all just need to vote uh, by mail because they don't require no ID. And uh, it, it, it's more, uh, sometimes it's even more accurate, I'm, I'm told, to vote just by mail, you know, well, to, I, uh, to circumvent. I mean, the emergency vote by mail may not be the thing to do because you've got to have ID. Mm-hmm. And many of our older people, they don't have ID, as we have witnessed. And yep. some of them were born uh, through midwifery. They, their records have never, when you do midwifery, you don't usually get records. Okay? No, I know. Listen, I know. And, 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 but the thing is, let me warn you about this. If you you need to educate yourself about where you live, what is required, and what kind of voting system you have. In truth, I, I know a lot of uh, Democrats, uh, Republicans alike, by the way, like to vote. Uh, they like vote by mail. The parties love the vote by mail. It allows them to sort of, you know, control who votes and, and make sure their voters get in there. But the fact is. When you're sending in a, a ballot by mail, don't it's... Always have, don't you get a receipt, though? It's, you, it's more accurate that way. It That's is, what they were saying with no, Florida because of the, the, uh, the hanging chair. They yeah. said, well, you, uh, the, the uh, voting by mail, everybody got a record of what they did. No, no, the so problem is... tested in court. No, the problem you know? is... Yeah, no, no, Lynette, the, the problem is... Uh, the vote-by-mail ballots are counted by the same crappy computers uh, that we use at the polling place, essentially. And so, uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, true. But you at least get a receipt. And no, you Contest. you actually no no, Lynette, you don't. That's the problem. You don't? Uh, no, and you shouldn't. You should not get a receipt uh, because that leads to vote buying and vote selling. Here's the best way to increase your chances of your vote being cast uh, and, and counted and counted accurately is to go to the polling place on Election Day. Now, if you live in a, a location where you have to vote on a touchscreen voting system in California, you have a right to ask for a paper ballot. But other places where they have touchscreen uh, voting systems, you may have to vote on one of those systems. They are 100 percent unverifiable. So in that well, case, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 hang on. They don't. Hang on a second, Lynette. If if your only choice to get a paper ballot is to vote by mail, then do it. Otherwise, try to vote at the precinct on Election Day. Of course, if you don't have a photo ID, then yes, one of your only options will be to try to get uh, an absentee ballot. But no, you don't get a receipt uh, any more than you get you a receipt. Get some kind of record of it, though. You they they might there it. might be a record. It depends where you are that your vote was received, but you don't know if it was counted. You don't know if it was counted accurately. And as I like to tell people who are worried about black box voting, there is no blacker box than the uh, post office box that you drop your ballot into and hope that it arrives. If you have to vote by absentee, try to see if you can bring your uh, ballot to the precinct on election day or to the headquarters. 
There are ways yeah. to improve your chances of having your vote counted. Oh, I'm with you on, yeah. on uh, you know, doing it at the polls. But I'm just saying, yeah. you know, we need to definitely keep that vote by mail because, you know, some people, they're too sick, they're too old or whatever. They're out of town. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of lot of reasons, and there's no reason why not to, to uh, take advantage of that. If now, you I, have I to do it. Still, it yeah, if you yeah, have I to do it that way, do it. I think I think we still got to fight yeah. for you know the right to vote. Yep. You know we we got to fight this move. This for uh, that's with the dis. Oh, we lost her. Did she drop? All right, we we uh, lost the vote. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah, you're damn right. We got to keep fighting, Lynette, and uh, I'm counting on you to do it. Thanks for your call, Lynette, and thanks for uh, right. thanks for the fighting. All right, uh, good to hear from you. Let me get to uh, Thomas in. Uh, yeah, Thomas, in uh, also downtown L.A. Hey, Thomas, welcome to KPFK, brother. What's oh, on your mind? Yeah, great program. Yeah, I'm uh, Thomas, or Dr. Halley. I've been involved <clears throat> with the station for many years. In recent history, I've been the acting secretary of the KPFK Community Action Advisory Board. Oh, good. Um, I want to say I, I very much enjoyed your interview with uh, Joyce Block, mm-hmm. the uh, woman uh, in Pennsylvania, about mm-hmm. the issue of uh, removing voters' voting franchise. Yep. Um, if I'd like to, uh, if I may, I'd like to mention a very similar situation. Um, the general manager, Bernard Duncan, during the last LSB meeting on April 18th, summarily dismissed the KPFK Interim Community Advisory Board, and we consider this amounts to disenfranchising listener stakeholders. Uh, we've got a meeting uh, planned for uh, Maywood on the 28th, and anybody would like some information about that and kind of like uh, check in and, and give us, you know, yeah. feedback. Um, they can. They may call three two three 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 nine three two eight six three two three 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 nine three two eight six. We're All very right. concerned about this issue. All right. Thanks, Thomas. I don't know about this issue. I'm glad you're able to get it out. I, uh, I'm not familiar with it. I haven't talked to uh, Bernard. Uh, it, by the way, Des, if Bernard is around and wants to speak to that, uh, feel free to uh, let him know. He can come on in. We 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 like the equal time thing. Yes, we believe in the fairness doctrine. So uh, that's no problem. Let me go to, uh, who do I got? A lot of folks coming in. 818-985-5735. Try to get to as many people as I can. Don in Sun Valley. Uh, hey, Don, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. How you doing? I'm okay. What's up, brother? Well, I just wanted to, I'll start out with something kind of general, and I'll, I'll morph into a specific question. Uh, I'm a longtime listener of KPFK, and I'm completely 100% with you guys when we're talking about how corporations just in general are polluting too much and the issues of you know, the pollution of BP mm-hmm. and, and, and ruining the shrimp mm-hmm. and uh, the general issues of Wall Street, and I'm with the 99% movement, and I think... But? Uh, I hear a big but coming, Don. Off the rocker. Yeah. So you can tell I'm a pretty progressive person. All right. I guess my question is, yeah. I'm wondering why a lot of people in the progressive movement or the, or the, the liberal movement, and, and you, you kind of did this a few moments ago, sort of have this knee-jerk uh, Pavlovian reaction or, or statements you have to make. All of a sudden you start talking about, we need more gun laws and it would stop things like Gabby Gifford being killed. And I just, I just wonder why... There is this sentiment that if we if we just destroyed people's gun rights under the Constitution, that all of a sudden things like the Gabby Gifford mm-hmm. tragedy, which it obviously was, yeah. would stop happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, okay, I, let me look, Don. Let me respond to that. 
Let me respond. Right. Um, first off, you, you said uh, when Gabby Giffords was killed, she was actually shot, not killed. So I want to clarify that. Uh, but uh, I believe n- uh, 16 or 19 other people were, I don't have the number with me, were actually shot. Uh, six or seven of them died. I think, was it 16 who were shot uh, that, that day or 19? Six, you know, I can't six or nine. Yeah. Okay, well, oh, yeah, it, it was horrible. Now, um, Don, I don't think I said that uh, if we take away people's guns, it, everything will be fine or whatever it was you said. Uh, we were talking about the fact that things like this happen. Things, uh, you know, spur the nation. They want changes, uh, but this Congress cannot make them happen. Now, in the case of the Gabby Giffords shooting, this uh, this jerk used a magazine that allowed for 31 bullets. So he was able to, and which used to be, uh, which was outlawed under the Brady Bill. But, Actually, I don't think that's but, correct. Uh, I, I believe that it is correct, Don. Hang on, and I'm only I'm short on time, so I'm not trying to cut you off here, but I want to get this out. I believe that those were banned under the Brady Bill, and when they did not renew the Brady Bill, uh, that allowed those uh, 31 uh, magazine cartridges to be sold. Now, if he could only go under the 10 magazine cartridges, I believe it was, that were allowed under the Brady Bill, he would have only been able to shoot 10 people instead of 19. I think that's a sufficient number for him to be able to shoot, and I don't see any problem with uh, looking at the Second Amendment of this Constitution, which talks about a well-regulated militia. Now, what's the problem with that, Don? Well, your problem is is that the Supreme Court has finally uh, has finally ruled that the right that the right to keep and bear arms is a private right. Yeah, but what does that have to what does that have to do with the thirty one uh, cartridge magazine? Well, as you know, in California, we we are limited to ten round magazines. Great in, in, in rifles. Sounds good to me. Why not make that federal law? Why not make that federal law, Don? The problem is, I think there's a there's a ground swell, as you just tried to say a moment ago, across the country that mm-hmm. wants that to be a law. Mm-hmm. And many people, many many rifles, generally were made and designed to take twenty yeah. round magazines. Okay. And, and most of the states of the country, a lot of those. Yeah. And. That, that's not a problem. I, like I, Don, I, I'm coming up at the end of the hour, and, and I'm sorry because I'd like to continue the discussion. But the fact is, bring it up for a vote. Put it in front of Congress. Let's have a debate about it. Let's let the people talk about it. Let's find if the people want there to be, uh, you know, 31 uh, uh, bullet cartridges uh, that can be used to mow down uh, Congress people. Let's vote on it. If they're against it, Fine, they're against it, but let's vote on it. It was not even brought up in Congress because the Republicans were filibustering it, no matter how horrible the tragedy was. Don, I do appreciate your call, my friend. Uh, shoot, do I have uh, t- no more time? Doggone it. All right. They're waving at me in the booth. No more time. Sorry, guys, those of you on the line, uh, we will be back at the same Brad time, same Brad channel next week right here on KPFK. I hope you can join me, and we'll uh, we'll try to get in all the calls then. My thanks, as ever, today to Desi Doyen, our producer, to Margot Paez, our super-duper associate producer, to our soundboard operator, Federico Garcia, and to my guests, Joyce Block and Det Anson. Please do stay tuned for the 4 o'clock report coming up next with John Wiener. He'll be talking about the Arizona Papers, Please Law, which was argued at the Supreme Court. And he'll also have uh, one of his guests will be my old friend, David Korn. So stay tuned for that. 
Until we're back with you next week, please find me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog, as well as bradblog.com, and sitting in for Mike Malloy this Friday night. Oh, I'll also be on the Radio or Not.com network in a couple of hours. Join me there. Thanks, guys. Good night, America. I'm Brad Friedman. Yeah.